Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Falls Podcast, the only podcast in the world that promotes free living and happy thinking. Welcome back, guys. I'm your host, Nick, and uh, yeah, let's get let's get uh, rocking and rolling into this uh, new episode of the Freedom Falls Podcast. Today is a very special episode because I am retelling the infamous story of the legendary bonfire and helicopter story. I, this, this is one of my favorite memories from high school, no doubt. Um, oh, Jesus was awesome. Uh, so me and my buddies, uh, we would all, you know, our whole friend group would have all these bonfires down by the river, uh, all during school and all this stuff. And, uh, Towards the beginning of us having these bonfires is when this story happened. And luckily there wasn't too many of us, but I don't know. It was, it was so wild. I think we had more people coming, uh, later. Uh, but for now I'll just kind of, I'll kind of just say the main story and uh, go from there. So it was, you know, it was another just regular day having a bonfire and we all get down there and my buddy had his uh I, I think it's a tj it's an older tj he had his jeep and then my you know my other buddy had his xj i think i don't know it's the older grand cherokee and you know they were both lifted and then i rode in uh my buddy's took or no not tacoma it was a uh, toyota tundra it had some pretty decent tires on it, and I'm like 90% sure it's four-wheel drive. So, um, yeah, all three of us, we get down there, and we had had tons of bonfires before. This wasn't anything new. Uh, you know, just going down there, having a having a good old fire, kind of just chilling by the fire and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, and like an hour in of us burning the fire, we uh, I look up and see like a light coming towards us like real slowly you know pretty soon it gets a little closer and i notice that it's a helicopter and i'm sitting here like huh you know that's uh that's kind of weird that um this helicopter is kind of moving towards us in a way so the helicopter sure enough goes like above us and it starts doing circles um now this was kind of weird because we all were initially kind of freaked out that this helicopter kind of targeted us from the beginning and and headed towards us but it got a whole lot weirder once this helicopter started doing circles right above our bonfire and we all thought that it was like some rich guy messing with us. Like some dude in his private helicopter just like scoping out the area at night and, you know, comes across us having a bonfire and, uh, you know, just kind of saying hi or whatever. And, you know, pretty soon we're like, ah, ha, ha, you know, this is kind of funny, but like, I don't know if we should be concerned or what. Um, pretty soon he... Uh, or I guess, you know, the person in the helicopter turns on the spotlight. A giant beam of light 
shoots out from this helicopter and lights up our bonfire spot. Immediately, we were all freaking out. All of us were freaking out. It was so scary because it went from perceiving it as a rich person flying a helicopter to now this is probably the police that are after us for some reason. Very, very scary. It, it We immediately like forgot the fire. We all hopped in our cars. Uh, one of the guys actually left his key. Like, I don't know. He like left it in the sand or whatever, and he couldn't find the, the key to his Jeep to get out of there. And we're all screaming and freaking out. I hop in my buddy's truck and I'm like, oh crap, oh crap. This is so bad. This is so bad. So we all hop in our cars and immediately hightail it out of there. There was no time to to gather up what we had brought down to the river. It was just we had to get out of there as fast as humanly possible. And so while this is going on, we're just hauling through this this uh, this beach spot area down by the river, you know, because it's all it's a whole bunch of sandy trails and it's just a long stretch of dirt and sand that, you know, leads out to the road about half a mile down. And so we are just full blast flying through this sand and dirt and the other guys jeeps couldn't go that fast but they could definitely handle the dirt and sand way better than uh, my buddy's truck but still we managed to okay so let, let me break it down a little bit so we were the first to get out of the river so there is an outlet that leads onto the main road uh, once you leave the river and we were the first out of there. So, or maybe we were the second. No, I think we were the first. We we're the first out from the river spot. So once you get out to the road, you can either make a right or you can make a left. Both are long stretches of road that lead out to the main city. Um, so, you know, initially we kind of had to make a decision whether to go left or go right. Keep in mind the helicopter is still chasing us. After we realized that uh, the, the guy shined his spotlight on us, um, he did not hesitate to follow us out of the river and onto the road. So right as me and my buddy in the truck... Right as we are leaving the river to pull out onto the main road, the helicopter shifts its spotlight onto our other friend who's all the way in the back. Um, he was driving an older lifted Jeep Wrangler. I don't know why the helicopter centralized or focused on him. Um, you know, probably radioing to the local police, like what, you know, identifying the vehicles. It was, it was freaking wild. So, Anyway, uh, me and the buddy in the truck, we go up to the road, and we either go left or we go right. And right 
or I should say left, left kind of led into uh, the main city. You know, there was more stoplight and just overall we were going to run into more traffic. If we went right, there was more longer stretches of road that we could go on and we could cover some more distance going right. So we go right. And as soon as we go right, we see that there is a police car with its lights on. He is kind of parked near one of the entrances to the river, but he's, you know, he's just kind of sitting there with his lights on. Um, it was, it was wild. So my buddy who is, uh, you know, he's a little on the wild side. He flies past this cop who was just sitting there. He wasn't facing the road or anything. I don't think he could have chased us if he wanted to because his car was just positioned in a way that it would be kind of difficult to go after us. But still, the idea behind it was just absolutely wild. So we go flying past this cop car. We go down, you know, the half mile, mile road, whatever it is. And then we take a sharp left um, onto this other stretch of road. And we are absolutely hauling. I didn't even look at the speedometer, but I can tell you it was definitely not the speed limit. Um, so anyway, I'm looking out the window and I can still see this helicopter like following us. I mean, this is just freaking wild. I look up in the sky and the beam of light coming down from the helicopter is chasing uh, my other two buddies in the Jeeps out of the river. So I get on the phone with the two guys that are in the Jeeps uh, that were behind us in the river. And I'm like, hey, like, let's meet up at like a target or something just so we can kind of regroup in a way. So after a little bit, the two Jeep guys make their way out of the river and some way or another lose the helicopter. Um, you know, either that or the helicopter just gave up and wanted to shoo us out of there just to uh, scare us or something. So we eventually meet up at this target parking lot and uh, we're just talking about how crazy that was. Um, you know, in retrospect, we ran from a helicopter. It, it was the wildest thing I've ever done. And I, I, I can say that has never happened again since. But um, but yeah, no, that definitely went down in the history books of one of the craziest times we had down at the river. Um, yeah, no one, no one ever got pulled over. The police never came after us after that. I don't know what the motive of shining the spotlight on us was. Uh, you know, I'd like to know that one. So I don't know, but that also, it, it also has just been like a, just a wild experience. I don't think that was the last time that happened either. We had another time that the helicopter came after us and like looked at us or whatever, shine the spotlight. You would say, um, yeah, no, Ugh, just one of those things like it's so crazy that it's actually happening that like you don't have time to do anything but act in the moment.
So, you know, and I always get like the, cause I took a video of, um, I took a video of the, of the spotlight whenever it first hit us because I was already filming it. Like, Hey, what, you know, what's this guy doing? And the, Oh Jesus. So scary. The spotlight just lit up the place. I'm not even kidding. So, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Ugh. Just it's so awesome, so awesome. Well, aside from uh, from that little story from high school, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was uh, my recent fascination in bull riding. I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, PBR or uh, professional bull riding, and it's you know, I mean, it's kind of self explanatory. Um, but yeah, I, I've never really looked into it too much, but I started getting recommended a bunch of these bull riding videos and oh my goodness, it looks amazing. It looks, it looks awesome. I don't think I could ever, uh, have the guts to uh, actually ride one of those huge bulls, but like, dude, just watching it, it just looks insane. They're talking about like close to 2,000 pound bulls and these dudes are just getting on them and just riding them and stuff. It, I mean, it's wild. And it's so funny because like a week ago, I didn't know anything about bull riding. Now I know everything about bull riding. You, you got your flank strap. That's like the seat belt of the bull that like tells it it's ready to go. You got uh, you got like the harness strap. Well, I mean, I guess in other words, p other people call it the flank strap, but like it's the secondary uh, strap up front that the guy actually like holds on to. Um, it's crazy. And like, I, I don't even like, I don't know. They, uh, they have their gloves and they like rub, like it's gotta be some sort of sap or, uh, or something on it that, uh, that they rub the gloves on the rope and then put it under the, um, the, the strap or whatever. And I guess that's supposed to like adhere better. So they don't like let go prematurely. It's awesome. I've looked up all of, like the craziest, like uh, I guess like the the highest ranked bulls in the sport, like little yellow jacket, bruiser, Pearl Harbor. Um, you know, I don't know. I love the names that they come up for all these bulls because it's just crazy. And I don't know. You just never would expect that like bull riding would be that wild, but it really is. I I have literally fallen in love with how awesome this is. I um. I went to go look up when when is uh, the next time it's coming to my town. And, you know, I expected to pay, like, I don't know, I expected tickets to be like 20, 30 bucks, right? 250, $250 for base admission. I can't believe it. So I was like, all right, well, um, looks like I'm not going watching bull riding anytime soon because it's, uh, it's pretty similar to a house mortgage. So, um, so that's out of the question. But other than that, you know, I still enjoy watching it on YouTube and stuff, but uh, no, those those guys are are pretty wild. I would say I I would even go further to say that they are some of the bravest dudes and toughest dudes in sports. Obviously, the UFC guys are pretty nuts. Um, speaking of UFC, actually, we got the boxing match with Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul June sixth. Um, but besides that. Like the UFC guys and the professional bull riding guys, one of the toughest, toughest people on the planet, I gotta say. Um, you know, it'd, it'd take a little bit of convincing 
to uh, to get me to step foot on one of those giant bowls, especially the ones that are a little more rowdy. You know, the ones that like to toss you up two, three rows up in the stands. Uh, yeah, no. And apparently, yeah, the Brazilian guys. I've heard a bunch of talk, or I mean, you know, I've not personally heard a bunch of talk, but like I've watched a good amount of stuff, and they say that the uh, the Brazilian guys are the the toughest breed out there, and you know they're next in line to taking over the the PBR sport and all that stuff. So, you know, I mean, it's a whole bunch of fun. I love watching it. I love uh, learning more about it and seeing what goes behind the sport. Oh, and the, um, the what's it called? The bull uh, fighters, I guess, like the guys in little jerseys and, and uh, kind of clown hats that run around and try to distract the bull, get him, away, get him away from the bull rider after he's done doing his ride. I've thought about it. I've kind of sat there and thought about it. You know, how bad of a gig would that be to be a bullfighter? Now, obviously, I don't think that they uh, that they hire any any average Joe. You know, you probably got to have a couple uh, couple like amateur bullfighting uh, events under your belt. You know, I bet you can't just walk up and be a uh, PBR bullfighter right off the gate. But you know, a man can dream. Uh, but I think that would be like the next step up. If you don't want to be a bull rider, just become a bullfighter. Like, I, I don't know. It, it seems like a little less of a risk, though I have seen some bullfighters get absolutely tossed by some of these bulls. You know, just you're, you're in the way, wrong place, wrong time. And next thing you know, you're getting uppercutted by a bull. That's Oh, man, it's, it's wild watching some of this stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing in some of my free time now. It's just watching professional bull riding because it's awesome. It's freaking awesome watching this stuff. And, uh, you know, I've watched a couple of um, of uh, wrecks. I guess that's what they call after, you know, a bull rider gets thrown off the bull or gets knocked out. Yeah, apparently these dudes get knocked out. It's crazy. It's wild. It's like, oh, it's just nothing you would expect from bull riding. I, you know, I guess, I don't know. I don't know even what my expectations for bull riding was, like starting to watch these videos. But, yeah. Apparently, whenever these bulls like start bucking and all this stuff, uh, they get like thrown. The bull riders they get thrown to the front, and uh, it's a common occurrence to get absolutely haymakered by one of these bulls and uh, get shot in the face by a by a either a horn or just their skull, and it just knocks them out. I mean, it's it's wild. It's hard to fathom the athleticism and uh, and toughness that really goes into this sport. A lot of people say it's one of the most dangerous sports out there, which I'm not even going to contest that because, you know, aligned with uh, UFC and another one of those, you know, high intensity sports that can really put yourself at risk. Um, it's incredible. It, it really is incredible uh, what the sports become and what it's evolving to. You know, the bulls are just getting bigger and, and faster and they're jumping higher and, and all this stuff. I mean, Oh my gosh, I would love to go to one of these one day. Oh, it's just awesome. Even like in the, you know, just the, the first couple of weeks of me watching this stuff, it's just, oh my gosh, it's incredible. Yeah, it, it's just it's just wild seeing these dudes getting thrown off these bulls at like such, oh geez, it's, it is crazy. And I've also thought about, you know, like the little bulletproof vests that they wear. Uh, it's just like, you know, I don't know how much that can really protect you. Because at the end of the day, 
you're either getting stomped by a bull, you're either getting crushed with like the head or whatever. Those little vests that those guys wear, they gotta be pretty durable. I am not going to uh I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know the uh, structural integrity of one of those vests, but I'm not I'm not gonna blame or doubt the uh the ability to protect those guys while on those while on the on those runs. It's just crazy. I've watched a lot of videos of um of uh, some of the guys who who run the uh, the PBR events. I can't remember the main guy who owns it, but he recently did a uh, did a podcast with Theo Vaughn answering a bunch of questions regarding the sport of bull riding and um, what goes into all that stuff. And it's just it it really is truly fascinating on on what goes into that sport. So I don't know. One of these days, I'll. Uh, I'll get seats to watch that or something because it just it just looks so cool, you know. I bet it's just a completely different experience uh, compared to watching it on YouTube. You know, you you just don't get the whole vibe of like the audience screaming and just you know the anticipation of those really high ranked guys and bulls getting to eight seconds and it's just ah oh, it's a wild 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 sport. Oh, it's just awesome. And uh, what I've thought about a lot also is. You know, those bulls are probably getting treated way better than uh, some of the riders. You know, I've, I've heard that some of those bulls like Bruiser and Little Yellow Jacket, they value at like half a million dollars. Even the offspring of those bulls are worth quarter of a million dollars because, you know, I mean, they are championship world or like, you know, championship bullfighting bulls. And uh, the way that they're raised and trained – I don't even know how they train them. I, I wouldn't even want to know. But uh, the way that they're the way that they're um, taken care of and fed, and you know, it's just completely different dynamic from your average run of the mill bull. And um, they they really are truly bred to become the best of the best bucking bulls. And you know, it's just awesome, awesome to witness and learn about. So, and I love venturing out to. Uh, to some of the avenues on YouTube and looking up all sorts of bull riding from, uh, let's see, from like South America, Africa, uh, Canada. Yeah, apparently Canada houses a lot of bull riding events. And, you know, apparently they got a good amount of cows up there that I, I didn't even know that that bull riding was popular up in Canada. But lo and behold, many of those guys are world-class athletes and are really good at the sport. So, um, no, no, I, I was starting to think, what if bull riding exists in Antarctica or Alaska? And I just, I don't know how you could get those bulls to survive in those conditions. Um, you know, I bet, I bet it's pretty popular in Arizona and Vegas. You know, I've seen a lot of those PBR events out in Vegas. Um, New York, can you imagine New York being a, being a pretty hot spot for uh, PBR? Apparently it is. I've seen a couple of those events out in there. Uh, but you know, New York is is mainly city and and uh, real dense population. But apparently, you get out on like the outskirts of New York, and it's like pretty rural, sir. So, um, you know, just a lot of these places I didn't expect for bull riding to be popular. Um, you know, they tend to be so. So yeah, you know, if anyone asks me, hey Nick, do you uh, do you want to be a bull rider? No. Hey Nick, do you want to be a bull fighter? Maybe. So. Um, yeah, with that, uh, you know, 
we're we're gonna try to go to one of these bullfighting events one day. Um, with the prices, I, I can't guarantee I'm going anytime soon unless I win the lottery or rob a bank. Um, but you know, YouTube is as good as it gets. You know, keep rocking and rolling with that, I guess. But you know, I hope it doesn't turn into one of those things to where like I'm really excited about it for like a week, and then I really like don't like it in like a week from now. Because I'll do that sometimes. Like I'll venture on YouTube and and find some crazy hobby or like you know just really just some weird thing that someone does, like underwater basket weaving or um or let's see professional Jenga playing. You know, or like championship chess, just like, like weird stuff like that. I tend to like gravitate to because it's just like it's I don't know. There's like an odd fascination with sports that are, um, you know, not mainstream or not many people know about them. I'll get like really in depth to some of those underground, underground sports and activities that people do. Like just the other day, I ran on to uh, what's it called? This dude on YouTube, he makes um, he makes wood model cars. So like, he'll take these these uh, blocks of wood that are about the size of a brick, and he uses these little wood carving tools to to carve out you know these these wood, and he's got like these twenty minute time lapses on YouTube. Some of them are time lapses and some of them are like real time, but he'll literally like go in and like shave down this wood until it's like a perfect model of a car. There's one on a, what is it? A forerunner, a Toyota forerunner. Watch him do one of a Corvette. Um, there's one of an F-150. It, it's so cool how like people can do this. Ah, oh, geez. I don't give enough credit to some of these people that, just have these amazing abilities. And I, I hope that dude sells those car models for a lot because they look cool and like the finished product of it is real cool. Um, yeah, no. So now, now I know that at the fair that whenever I see those wooden sculptures of, uh, of cars, I'm like, you know what? I don't think those were manufactured by uh, machines. You know, half the time I'm like, you know what? Someone probably actually made that. So, you know, it's pretty impressive what, what people can do with uh, with some of their unknown skills. So, you know, in other news, uh, I'm going to the drag strip tonight. Uh, the throwdown in T-Town is tonight. So, you know, we'll go there. I think I'm going to go with a couple of my buddies, and we're just going to go out and watch the, watch the drag cars for a little bit. So it's been a while since I've been out to the drag strip. You know, nothing's really going on. Um you know, I can't remember the last time I was at the drag strip. I mean, it was in the last year, I'd say, but like I can't remember like the specific event. And uh, what's also cool about my drag strip, or I, is that um, on some weekends they'll let you take your car and race it. Like obviously, you got to pay like an admission fee, and uh, you, you know you got to get it cleared through. Uh, clear through tech but sometimes they will let you uh you know pay like 15 bucks and uh, they'll let you run your own car on to the drag strip uh just you know for fun so you know i love that but uh yeah tonight uh well you know we'll go see some fast cars i wish i was seeing bull riding every single day i wish i was doing i, I wish i was seeing bull riding but you know what beggars can't be choosers 
I also went fishing yesterday. Uh, just a little something in the episode here. And the good thing about yesterday, I actually killed it. It's been a minute since I've absolutely murdered a fishing hole. But yesterday they were biting like it was a free buffet. Um, you know, I was rocking with my Strike King Fire Tiger, 18 test pound braid. Um, yeah, no, it, it, they were just absolutely hammering it. And I went to a spot that like I usually don't have uh I, I you know I usually don't have a lot of good luck on, but for some reason the bite was on. The bite was really on and they were really hammering it. Um yeah, I caught like like 12, 15 bass maybe. And then uh, aside from that, I caught like like 10 to 15 perch. And uh, these perch slash bluegill were like easily the size of my hand. I mean, I'm reeling them in and I'm like, they're all dark and like real big. And I'm just like, this is amazing. I, I got up and pulled one up to the shore and I uh, did, did a little hand comparison. A little bigger than my hand. Can you believe that? Perch. Perch are supposed to be like smaller than my hand. You know, I don't have like LeBron James hands or anything, but like, you know, whatever bluegill are bigger than your hands, you know that you're doing good. But uh, a lot of these bass I was catching were also like two and a half pounders. You know, they were no dinky guys, but like majority of these bass were, were like two pounds. I caught the best of the night was last night and, uh, it was a three and a half pounder and my little rod is uh, is a little on the longer side. I think it's like a seven foot medium, I think. So, you know, each time these fish bite, I really got to reel her in. And, uh, you know, that was a nice fish, that three and a half pounder one. Um, you know, I'm just so happy. I did pretty good last night. It's been a while since I had caught that many fish in one day. Uh, and I was also surprised too, because they were biting a little after dark, like typically the bite with bass, it really kills off, uh, whenever it, it, uh, it becomes nighttime. Like, you know, they can't see well, uh, the light, you know, it's really hard to see that bait, but for some reason the fish were just, they were still biting after it was nighttime. I mean, it was like. 8 30 9 o'clock and i'm absolutely killing it i couldn't believe it but you know i mean i wasn't complaining so you know i was real happy i was real happy to catch that many fish last night so you know i'll, I'll kind of take that going forward now i guess you know doesn't matter what time of day it is fish will still bite after it's dark out so i don't know it, it was it was weird for sure but i was happy to catch that many so Alrighty. Well, with that, um, I hope you guys had a good time sitting here and listening to me, chilling out, whatever you're doing. Uh, look up professional bull riding if you uh, if you are interested in that, because trust me, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I'm starting to, I don't know, I, this might sound like cliche or whatever, but I'm starting to like, like more of like the country sports. Like, you know, not like horseback riding or anything, but like, I don't know, like professional bull riding and um well i don't know now now come to think of it i can't really name that many country sports off the top of my head well like fishing i love fishing and hunting but you can't really like watch hunting you know you can watch like highlights and stuff but uh 
yeah no fishing i like watching and you know obviously professional bull riding i like hunting so i don't know i'll find more more of that country stuff that i like um yeah so i don't know <laughs> I'll, I'll try to figure out something to watch so with that uh i hope you guys had a good time listening and uh you know enjoy the rest of your saturday uh you know i hope it's sunny where you are if it's raining enjoy the rain rain's always nice to listen to so i'll see you guys next saturday you know where to find me back here on the freedom falls podcast and uh, i'll see you then see you later